بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد my brothers and sisters uh, alhamdulillah rabbil alamin today we will speak about umair ibn al-sa'd umair bin sa'd al-ansari radiyallahu anhu he became an orphan at an early age his father uh died leaving his mother and him destitute his mother eventually married again to one of the richest men in madina his name was julas bin suwaid and he was from the al aus the, the very big and powerful tribe of aus as we know there were two tribes two major arab tribes in madina aus and khazraj and uh, uh, julas bin uh, bin suwaid was from aus Now Umair uh, bin Sa'ad was looked after by Al-Julas and he loved him uh, as a son would love a father indeed he began to forget that he was an orphan as Umair grew older Julas's fondness and love for him also grew Julas would marvel at his intelligence and at the honesty and trustworthiness that were part of his character when he was barely 10 years old Umair became a muslim radhiyallahu anhu faith as in the in the hearts of youth was strong in his heart uh, he would never delay his salah he would always ensure that he prayed with rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam behind him and uh, most of the time uh, he would be in the first row and most of the time he would be in the in the masjid even before the time of salah because he knew the Uh, benefit of coming early and waiting for the salah to start now his mother was uh, particularly pleased uh, with this uh, when she saw him going to and coming from the masjid um, sometimes with her husband and sometimes alone because all of them were muslim radhiyallahu anhum ajmain umair radhiyallahu anhu's days passed this fashion uh, without any major disturbance Uh, until he came face to face with the most difficult test of a boy of his age a test which shook the atmosphere of his home and challenged the steadfastness of his faith in the ninth year after hijra rasulullah sallam announced his intention to lead an expedition to tabuk against the byzantines he ordered the muslims to get themselves ready and make the preparations usually when rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam would go on military campaigns he would not give precise details uh, and he would set off sometimes in a direction different from his intended destination and then he would change he would do all this to confuse spies and for security uh, and to <coughs> confuse the enemy's intelligence this he did not do when announcing the expedition to tabuk and this was perhaps because of the great distance to tabuk from madina and the enormous difficulties that were expected as well as the overwhelming strength of the enemy the preparations needed to be extensive and uh, in spite of the fact that summer had set in and intense heat uh, had um, set in which means people were uh, you know there were there was suffering from heat and dehydration so they were 
uh, exhausted and not energetic and also uh, the fact that the date crop had to be harvested. Uh, despite all that, the Muslims responded enthusiastically to the call of Rasulullah and busied themselves in preparation for this uh, for this campaign. Now, there was, however, a group of munafiqun, uh, hypocrites, who uh, were against this. Uh, they were critical of the expedition. They, they tried to weaken it and they tried to weaken the resolve of the Muslims. And they even ridiculed and made fun of Rasulullah in their private gatherings. One day, shortly before the army was due to set out, the young Umair bin Sa'ad returned home after Salah. And he was full of excitement. He had just witnessed the great generosity and the spontaneous spirit of sacrifice that Muslims were displaying in uh, preparing for the expedition. Rasulullah was raising funds and he saw the women of the Muhajirun and the Ansar donating the jewelry and their ornaments to buy provisions and equipment for the army. He saw Usman bin Affan handing over a purse containing a thousand gold dinars to Rasulullah and he uh, found Abu, Abu, uh, Abdurrahman ibn Awf carrying on his shoulders 200 awqiqa uh, of gold and placing it before the uh, before Rasulullah Indeed, he even saw a man trying to sell his bed in order to purchase a sword for himself. Now at home, he talked about these inspiring scenes, but he was surprised that Julas, his, uh, his uh, foster father, was very slow in preparing for the expedition with Rasulullah and at his delay in contributing, especially because he was wealthy and he could afford to give generously. Umair felt that he had to arouse his father's uh, sense of generosity and his, uh, you know, his uh, manliness and courage. So with great enthusiasm, he related what he had seen and heard at the mosque, especially in the case of those uh, Muslims who, who had come to enlist and they were showing their great favor, uh, fervor to enlist, even though they had, uh, they didn't have enough means of transport. So he, he related how sad and disappointed these people were at not realizing their desire to go on the path of this, uh, of, of, with Rasulullah And, uh, now, so Umair, uh, he narrated these stories, but suddenly to his great shock, uh, Jula said, if Muhammad is true in claiming that he is a prophet, then we are all worse than donkeys. Now, Umair was absolutely flabbergasted. He couldn't believe what he had heard. He did not think that his foster father was an intelligent man like Jula's could have said such things. And obviously these words meant that he was out of Islam. Uh, he had a huge number of questions and he uh, really he thought that Julas was a traitor and that he was a munafiq. And, um, you know, just like the munafiq is plotting against Rabbi Salam. Now, at the same time, he, he was a man who treated him so well and like a father. He was generous to him, he was kind to him. So, Umair had to choose between preserving his relationship with Julas on one hand and dealing with treachery and hypocrisy on the other. So he turned to him and he said, By Allah, Ya Julas, there is no one on the face of the earth after Muhammad bin Abdullah, dearer to me than you. 
you are the closest of men to me you have been most generous to me but you have uttered words which i if i should mention them will expose and humiliate you if i conceal them i will be a traitor to my trust and destroy myself and my religion i will therefore go to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and tell him what you said it is up to you to clarify your position so umar radhiyallahu anhu went to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he told him what he heard from Julas. Rasulullah asked him to stay with him and sent one of his sahaba to call Julas. Julas came and he greeted Rasulullah and he said, Salaam. Nabi asked him, what did you say that Umair bin Saad heard? And he mentioned to him what Umair had reported. Julas said, he has lied against me, Ya Rasulullah. And he fabricated, fabricated this. I did not say anything like this. Now the companions, the Sahaba looked alternately, they looked at Umair and they looked at Julas and uh, to see who was <coughs> who was right, who was wrong. And uh, one of them uh, who was a hypocrite, he said, this youth is a nuisance. He is bent on defaming someone who has been good to him. Now others said, no, no, he is not true. That's not true. He is a youth who grew up in the obedience of Allah. And the expression on his face shows that he is truthful. Rasulullah turned to him and he saw Umair's face was flushed and he had tears in his eyes. And Umair radiallahu made dua. He said, Ya Rab, send a revelation to your Prophet to verify what I told him. Julas continued to defend what he had said. And he said, what I have told you, Ya Rasulullah, is certainly the truth. If If you wish, make me swear an oath in your presence. I swear by Allah. That it, I did not say anything of the sort that Umair reported to you. Now, as the Sahaba turned to Umair to hear what he had to say, they saw Rasulullah come. He, they saw him in a condition where he usually was when he was receiving wahi. So, immediately there was complete silence and people were gazing at Rasulullah in anticipation. At this point, fear and terror gripped Julas. And he looked at Umair. And he realized that Rasulullah was having, uh, was getting a revelation. Rasulullah then recited the ayat of Surah Tawbah, uh, ayah number 74, the meaning of which is, The hypocrites swear by Allah that, you, that they have said nothing wrong. Yet most certainly they have uttered a saying which is denying the truth and have thus denied the truth after having professed their surrender to Allah. For they were aiming at something which was beyond their reach, and they could not find, and they could find no no fault with the faith, save that Allah had enriched them, and caused His Nabi sallallahu to enrich them out of His bounty. Hence, if they repent, it will be for their good. But if they turn away, Allah will cause them to suffer a grievous suffering in this world and in their life to come, and they will find no helper on earth and nothing to give them support and succor. Rasulullah recited this ayah. And Julas trembled with fear and anguish and he could not speak. Finally, he, said, he turned to Mr. Salam. He said, I repent, Ya Rasulullah. I make tawbah. I repent. And Umar told you the truth and I lied. And please accept my repentance. Rasulullah turned to young Umar. And Umar's face was wet with tears. And he had a big smile on his face. And Rasulullah took his uh, ear and in his hand and he said, Young man, your ear has been true in what it heard. And your Rabb has confirmed the truth of what you said. Judas returned to the fold of Islam and then after remained a good Muslim. The Sahaba realized by his generosity and good treatment of Umair that he had reformed. 
whenever umair was mentioned julas would say my allah by allah may allah reward umair with goodness on my behalf he certainly saved me from kufr and he preserved my neck from the fire of hell wa sallallahu ala nabiyil karim wa alihi wa sahbihi min rahmatika ya arhamar rahim